0: You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about 2 longtime friends who have informative, yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron
1: dark room because you feel like you're in prison waiting for me to jump on our call
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm a proud boy for Trump and I'm locked up (laughs) (laughs)
1: 22 years baby
0: (laughs) did did you believe look I I, I am going to gloat because it is on the record in one of our previous podcasts I don't know which number but we were talking about, I think you asked me the question that I still believe Donald Trump would not go to prison. And I explained in great length why I still believe that. I, I won him to go, but I still believe it. But I went on to say that while I don't know what's going to happen to him, do you know one thing for a fact? The black guy is going to prison.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you said longer than anybody else, I think.
0: Yep, I say he will go long than anybody else. And Henry Enrique Terrio, who is the leader of the Proud Boys, who is what is known as Afro-Cuban. I mean, he's a black guy. He's a Cuban descent, but he's black. He, and how he is leading a white supremacist group is a, a discussion for a whole nother day. However, he got sentenced to 22 years plus 36 months of supervised Um, Release So that mofo will not be out. I think he's been in jail for a year. So he has a year of time served, but another 21 years. And that so far is the longest sentence of any of the thousand people who've been convicted as part of the January 6th insurrection and or trying to um, overturn the votes in Georgia. That black guy has got the longest sentence so far. I Damn. nailed him And you know what? I don't even care. That's what he gets. Yeah. Because, right? Because, like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing?
1: <laughs> I mean, we hope to see more. Because right now we're seeing a bunch of people getting their sentencing. And, and yes. we hope to see more. And we hope to see longer sentences. I mean, unfortunately, yes. what did you say? Afro-Cuban?
0: Yeah, yeah, he got the longest. And you know what? And so with something else that's interesting, even though he got 22, um, and the other Proud Boys guys got 18 and 17, and then the leader of the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rose, he got, um, I believe it was 18 as well. So they're all getting under the recommended um, number of years, so the the government, who is the federal or the Department of Justice, who's trying the cases, they're they're recommending, you know, if they win the case and they're saying based on statute, so not just them making up something, but based on all the charges they've been convicted on, from seditious conspiracy and all these other kind of charges, most um, have warranted between thirty five and sixty years, and for all these guys. The judges um, have been averaging giving them a little less than half the recommended sentences. Damn. Now, what's interesting about that, and even Terrio Enrique Terrio, he got less, but he got he got a little bit. He got three quarters. The least amount of the least, least, right? So he got you know the most, I, I should say. But it's interesting because the judges who have been giving these sentences especially for these leaders, these probably guys, they're Trump-appointed judges. And and the one who did um, Joe Biggs and Pozzalo, these most recent ones, and even this guy who did Theriault, he said, as part of his speech uh, for the sentencing, he said he has never gone this low um, and against the government's recommendation. And he, he said he probably never will again. And so it it begs the question why now? Like, why are you doing that? Because we know that, like, we don't have to make this up. We know that in America, if a white man commits a crime and a black man commits the exact same crime, everything is exactly the same, the black man is going to get a way harsher sentence than a white man. We know that in America. Like, we got millions of people in jail over the past, you know, 50 years to prove that. Like, it's not... It's not even racist to like bring it up or it's not even a racial discussion. It's just it's a fact like the stats are there. And so even when we have cases where these people literally stormed the Capitol, took it over, had lawmakers running for their lives, brought nooses, had weapons, um, cops were injured. Some died after the fact, destroyed the Capitol waved the confederate flag inside the Capitol. first time ever that's ever happened even during the confederate war the civil war right shit on the wall spread shit around peed stole things even that they got less harsh sentences than just some random black guy selling weed somewhere like it, it's hard it's not hard to wrap your head around it but it still becomes a point of just being really furious but and then even when you didn't say okay well are they at least equal for the people who did that insurrection? It was pretty equal until you get to the black guy. And then, and then the American comes out and he got the harshest sentence. And you know what? He he wasn't even there on January 6th because he had gotten arrested a couple of days before and told to leave Washington, D.C. So he was not even physically there. But because he orchestrated it, he was texting and calling me, you know, he was part of it. Like you could be Al Capone and your people out there doing stuff, you're gonna go to prison. But even one on one, and the worst insurrection has ever happened in this country since the Civil War, that one black guy got the harshest sentence. That's amazing now.
1: I mean, amazing, but not shocking.
0: Yes, exactly. And ain't nobody ain't no black people coming to his defense. It's like, you know what? You look, we are we Where's all Candace told something. Owens. Where's Candace and, Owens? Exactly. And we all we all are told something as kids. And that is you can't do what white people can do. And he's old enough to know better. So when he got up there in court, he cried. He said he let his his auntie down and his family and his sister. And he was sorry to the to the police officers. He's got he got police officers in, in his family. He was sorry to them. He was sorry to the citizens of Washington, D.C. And all I could think of, you know, he had gotten convicted uh, about a year or so earlier when they were also in Washington and they tore down the Black Lives Matter flag at a a black church in Washington, D.C., a bunch of white guys did. And you know what he did? He took the blame. He said, let me do it because I'll be the black guy and they won't give me as harsh sentence as they will give you white guys. He That's what he did. So when he stood up there with all that crying and I'm sorry and all that fake stuff, you know what? I was like, nah, tears don't move me. Mother mofo, you need to go to prison for as long as they can put because you know better. You know better. Like my parents and grandparents marched and fought and all these black people got killed so your dark-skinned ass could have the rights to vote, free speech, and all this stuff. And you decided to throw all that away to go help some white supremacists overthrow the government. So you know what? You can rot. Like you can absolutely rot. And I wrote about it today called proud boys, to prison pipeline, just keep it going. All y'all can go to prison.
1: Yeah. One by one. I don't care how long it takes. Just get them all there because you, you have to sit in your silence in your prison cell thinking that you stood your ground with all, like we think about, all the wrongs in the world, right? I, I've talked about the amount of animal abuse, child abuse, foster care. Like there are so many wrongs in this country and you decided to stake your claim on Donald Trump.
0: Right? Like how stupid are you?
1: Like that's what you chose. That's, that's your platform you chose to show up and make a change was on the coattails or the... the The surprise or the support of Donald fucking Trump—that's where you decided to like. It's insane to me to think that you have that much, much anger and hatred and support and drive and dedication, and you chose that.
0: You you chose that, and you know what? I I tell you, it makes no sense. I tell you, I think another thing that hurt him besides everything we just talked about—the guy who was sentenced. Um, a few days before him, it was at um Joe Biggs. No, it wasn't Joe Biggs, it was uh Pozzola. It was something Pozzola was his last name. So he did the same thing, right? So he got up there and his his little speech, he he cried, he talked about how much you know his mother had cancer and he just wanted to pick his daughter up from school and all this kind of stuff, right? All this little those little sad sack kind of story. And then he said he would <laughs> he would be he would be done with politics forever. Right, all this kind of stuff. He was out of it. He got tricked and blah blah blah. So then the judge was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then he gave him. I think that's the guy that got seventeen years. He was he was looking at staring at thirty five to forty five years or something. And then as soon as the judge was out of the court, that guy turned around to the cameras, threw his fists in the air, and said, "Yelled Trump won." Oh. Yeah, he he did that right after the judge was out out of the chain out of the court, and so. When the judge, is the same judge, when he was sentencing Enrique Terrio a couple of days later, he brought that up. And remember, this is a Trump appointed judge. And he said, he didn't mention he mentioned that guy by name. He said, you know, it's unfortunate that people will say things, you know, after their sentencing. And he was directly referencing that, referencing that guy. And so and that he was responding to, you know, Terrio giving his little tear-filled speech. And so I also think. That in addition to him being black and getting harder, uh, getting the what everybody expected a harsher sentence, I also think that that guy doing that Trump thing, you know, a couple days before made that judge go, "Oh, I'm not going to give you less time. You're going to get more time." And I I, I bet that Terry was going, "Son of a bitch, (laughs) (laughs) my man, why'd you do that?"
1: You're supposed to have my back. That is just, yeah. I just can't get over the fact that that's where they choose. That's where they planted their feet,
0: right? Yeah, because I, I, you know, it's like it's like politics and stuff, like or even sports or you know, um, a company loyalty or something like that, Uh, or even like a relative. Like you, you could find your absolute worst relative, right? You're, you know, just the worst criminal uncle, the loser, uncle or auntie, or parent, you know, or sibling, you know, the one who's always in trouble, always got a scam, always need money, you know, don't come through, just not dependable. And then would that be the one that you say, you know what? I'm gonna give you half my salary all the time, because I think, I think your latest scheme, where you found some oil, some oil deeds in Montana, and you're going to get rich. This one's going to work out, Uncle. I'm going to give you all my
1: money. <laughs> we all have one of those.
0: <laughs> this is what's going to work out. Even though you're wearing a mullet, you know, your shoes are old, and you're driving your ex-girlfriend's beat-up car, somehow I believe you're going to strike it rich right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, is, this is the time. This is, it's very similar to thinking, Oh, I have not played the lottery ever, but I'm going to play today because it's, I'm going to win. Like I'm getting a calling that this is the day that I win. It's very similar to this wishful thinking. And, and I don't know, sir, how you, like, I don't know if you're (laughs) feeling, if you're feeling, I I don't want to, to start thinking negatively or put anything back out in the universe in regards to the 2024 election, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm hoping that from what has shown up, the amount of correct information that has been given to the people, like factual ba- based research, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking video clips showing Donald Trump saying things that he said Ugh. he didn't say, all of that right from right. i hired i hired all these five people they're magnificent they're wonderful and then you find videos of him saying i don't know why we would hire them they were awful right weeks later and yeah. so you have all of this information he is has a mugshot and yet there are still people that are supporting him unbelievably like with just with these blinders on so i don't know if you are Are you nervous in any way, shape, or form for 2024 election?
0: So, um, I think that all things being equal and staying the same, President Biden wins the next election. That's what I think. I think that um, there is a financial reason that our mass media, which it's um the trope is that the media is what republicans call going back to the 50s the liberal media when the media is not liberal every major media outlet is owned by a billionaire white man everyone and every one of them are republican and so whether it's cnn msnbc fox of course the New York Times, Washington, maybe not the Washington Post. It actually, it is the Washington Post because it's Jeff Bezos, the Amazon guy. So, so the news, the mass media news is very slanted. um, And it's for, it's for a particular reason that uh, Michelle Wolf said this when Donald Trump was in office. And she's a comedian. She used to have her own show on Comedy Network or something like that. And she's a, she's a writer, a very funny lady. And she said this, at one of the correspondence centers in in Washington, and she 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 rubbed people the wrong way, but she was right then. And she said to the media, "It was all these media people there. All the major people were there." And she said, "You know, you guys made made Donald Trump that like your industries are hurting for money, and so even though Donald Trump has fifteen or twenty failed businesses, right, fail just out all now out failed." You know, a dozen bankruptcies, you know, just a history of crime and financial malfeasance and just incompetence, all that. And he's a failure. But you guys all figured out you can make money off him. Right. You run. You can run story after story. And because he has his name and because there is a large Republican base um, who are invested in everything about him, you nonstop run stories on him. And show him in a favorable light because you make money. So even though he has been a failure, you have made a lot of money and you do not want to get off that, off that money train. And so you see today that there's about two or three polls out there and um that show, oh, Biden and Trump are neck, neck and neck. And when you dig into those polls, the, there was one out yesterday or two days ago, and Biden was up like you know two or three points or something. But that poll was of 600 people, mostly Republican voters and independents who say they're going to vote Republican. So, and then they push this out as if it's um, fair. I, I don't know. That may not be the right word, but that is accurate. And then they just keep pushing stories about Donald Trump. And then on the flip side, they push negative stories about Joe Biden, or his age, or, you know, we we Joe Biden's uh, Biden and Harris they've delivered the most jobs over a three year period any presidential team in history. Oh, but are people are people now nervous? You know that so they they'll, they'll slant these stories and um, it 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 generates it's like it, it generates traffic and they make money off that stuff. But if you get down to um, the actual data. Joe Biden's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris' favorability ratings on the base of the Democratic Party, which are Black women, are still in excessively high, and they got 90% of the vote last time, more than 90% of the vote last time, and that's not going to change, right? That's not going to change. And it's not going to change that white Democrats, they're not going to abandon Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It's just, there's nothing to say that that is happening. It's just it, nothing. There's no data to support that. And so... They won by 10 million votes last time. 10 million. So it wasn't close. It was a route. Like, it was a route. And the only reason it entered the, the national consciousness that something was wrong, because Donald Trump told people it was wrong. That was it. And and the media ran with that because people were interested in that news. And they just kept doing it. So he is out there now, even though he has, you know, all, he has convinced, he has the now he's a, an official rapist. He has a rape conviction, And he has he has charges, um, felony charges in three states plus the District of Columbia. And there is a, a constitutional question under the 14th Amendment, if he even is eligible to run, and that's going to get worked out. But even if, say, through some miracle, he's eligible to run, and you get to him and whomever he chooses as a running mate and Biden and Kamala Harris, He's going to lose by greater margins. That's my prediction. So I don't have that worried at all. Like not at all. The only, the only thing I say is, and this is very common across any Democratic st- strategist, is that there was a huge effort to. This is how Demo- this is how Republicans win to suppress the vote, so to tell people, tell Democrats, oh, it's in the bag. You don't you don't have to worry about voting, or that. It's you know it's all rigged and cheating and, and it's no good and everybody's the same. It doesn't matter who's in, who's in office, and you have both domestic and foreign interests who push that. We know what happened last time; like it's documented. As Cambridge Analytica was working for Republicans and Russians to suppress the black vote specifically. Specifically, they did it through through social media. They did it through Facebook and. We know that they're ramping up that stuff again. And so it, because the Republicans have said if they could peel away just a certain percentage of black male voters, it would help Republicans. And so that's why you have these big efforts. So we see it in Texas. Uh, we see it in Houston, where most, where well, they have the highest concentration of black voters in Houston. So what Governor Abbott did was he closed hundreds of places where black people voted in Houston. Just shut them down. They're, they're closed. And then he said, There's no voting on college campuses. Shut it down. We're, we're black black college campuses, like where black people are. Shut that down. Um, made it illegal. Uh, no more voting on Sundays because black people do this thing in the South Dog. Sold to the polls take buses of black people and take them to vote on Sundays, take them from church to go vote. They made that illegal. Um, they have made it, it illegal to, to, for me. To walk up to somebody waiting in line in, in Texas to give them water if the, where they were waiting. They made that, they made giving water illegal. So you have it on average in Texas, and not just Texas, in the South, on average it takes, I think the last time I saw it was like four hours for a black person to vote in the South. Because they close all the polling stations where black people are. They close, they it, it just they make it very difficult for us to vote. Now you would think in 2023, and the so-called leading democracy in the world, we still, and you know, we gotta just say a thing. The white people in the southern states still make a concerted effort to make it hard specifically for black people to vote. I mean, think about that. Why, why is that still happening? It just, it, it, and so this is what we call systemic racism. And we just it it it's just accepted. It's accepted. And so people about to do things to counteract that. So it went all the way through the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court had to say, yes, it is okay for someone to deliver water to someone who is waiting in line to vote. Like that is, like we have to say that in 2023, that that's legal to do. And this is not in Nigeria, in Russia, in Peru, you know, in China, this is in America. We have to take it to the Supreme Court to say, can I take my mother water? Because she has to wait in line to vote. That That is it's crazy. So so, so the effort is not to get more Republicans to vote. That's not what Republicans do. The Republicans have said, we're going to make it really hard for traditional Democratic voters to vote. And then we think we can win that way. So I was sort of on a the pedestal there and we went to sort of deep, but that stuff is, you know, that stuff is serious and it's important to me. So, and I think it is important for people to know that in America, voting is not easy. We don't do it on a national holiday and we specifically target black voters to make it hard for them to vote as if it's 1867. <laughs> and you
1: know, it's, it's funny when you think about just, that that was a lot of information. No, I always appreciate it. Every time I always tell you I learn a little something from 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 our conversations. And I was thinking about you said something very critical about how, you know, this country's come a long way and we always hear the land of the free. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, you know, my one and a half years in college. I you know, I, I took a psychology class and I remember it's sparked. So this will be a little bit scattered. So I'm trying not to keep it. I'll try to keep it uniformed. And if you, if you can add to the conversation, then maybe you'll help prove my point, but the land of the free, when we talk about like capitalism really falls under what it was called, like the, the Maslow pyramid. Have you heard of that? I'm sure you have. Cause you read. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this like the first layer is the psychological needs, basically, you know, air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing uh those are that's the first layer and what society and capitalism does is it doesn't want you to get to like the next layer or the next layer is like safety and needs i should probably look this up because my memory is going to be all foggy but uh, you know i
0: think you're right i think you're right because it's, it's like safety? shelter yeah then, yeah that kind yeah i get it
1: and then like safety and then there's love and belonging and oh
0: Community esteem, or something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, esteem. And then, um, God, I should really love it. Self, I think it's like self-awareness or self, self-actualization. self I, I can't remember. I can't even believe that I pulled that out of my ass right now. But, um, you know, we, we think about how this country or stated how this country oh. is, you know, the land of the free. But really, we keep people in a place that they need. They need high-powered capitalists to... Uh, Sort of here's here's where the point that I'm trying to prove, and I probably should have thought it through before I before I started talking about it. But when you said the land of the free, it just triggered something inside of me to really it's not really the land of the free when you don't have free access to food. You don't have free access to shelter as a homeless person. You don't have free access to clothing uh, and, and even water. Right. So, and I think because of your conversation about handing out water in line, it just, it's just another avenue of us not really being a free country and politicians, companies, CEOs, they don't want us to get to that level in in Maslow's pyramid, because then we start to think about the esteem portion. That's where we have strength. We have freedom. That's where we are living our lives the way that we're supposed to be living. But we don't get access to the things that we should have basic necessities to. And so it, it triggers me a little bit sometimes when people say, well, America's the land of the free because, you know, nothing is free sure. for one. And then right. two, freedom of speech is not really freedom of spree- speech, because if you say something wrong that is incorrect or put somebody at risk, you could end up going to jail for that free speech. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that when you said that, it just made me start thinking about how we are not a country that is free. And when so, people... Proud voice say stuff like that, it just it sort of resonates negatively within me.
0: So um I looked it up just so we have it correct for our audience. Cause that okay. I think that's a really good reference you brought up. So it's the Mallow, the Maslow hierarchy of needs and the bottom of the he he does it in a pyramid. And there's other versions of this, but this is a very basic one that people are really familiar with. Um, the physiological needs. Food, water, warmth, and rest. Like we need that first, like as humans. And then once that's established, then we need, we have the safety needs, which is security and safety, right? And then once that's established, belongingness and love needs. So intimate relationships and friends. And then that, after that comes the esteem needs, uh, prestige, filling up accomplishments, and then finally the self actualization, achieving one's full potential including creative activities and things like that. And I think what you were saying was capitalism based, most likely keeps people um, in the second category, which is safe. we get physi- physiological and safety needs, but we're always there. Like we always. don't capital doesn't it doesn't um, help us go up up the, the hierarchy because we are always thinking about we have to work, we got to pay rent, we need water. We need food. We need sustenance. You know, we got to stay safe. And so we stay there and then we can't do more because all those things cost so much money, even though we know there's enough food and water for it to be free to everybody. We don't. Yes. Like we, we we absolutely know that. And, you know, having grown up, having grown up poor and what, what is now called um food deserts. They didn't call it that back in the day, but that's what it's called now where I can go to, you know, say a fast food restaurant like McDonald's and and for $5 or Taco Bell and for $5 get a lot of what we call food. Right. But if I wanted to buy, you know, if I wanted like where we live, we live around all these farms, but if I wanted to buy uh fresh, Foods, including fruits and vegetables and you know, good proteins and things like that, that that costs more money. Right? That costs a lot of money, but I can go to a grocery store and get some processed food and feed, you know, a family. You can eat really bad, you can eat poorly. And but if I have if I earn enough money, I can eat better quality foods. And that better quality foods are usually within a few blocks or a mile or so from where I am. But if I am poor, those better quality foods are not close to me. And But the fast foods, the bad and overly processed foods are, and they're cheap. And it's it's such an awful dichotomy, you know, you have to earn a lot of money in order to get access, you know, to the better things. And that's so unfair because we all need food, we all need water.
1: And that's, you know, that takes you to like that. So you talk about, you know, the first one, I think what, I forgot what you said. It was like the psychological. So the, that's the all the stuff that we need to survive, air, water, food, heat. We need to go to the bathroom. We need to have those kind of psychological needs. The safety needs, when you think about those under that pyramid, and we don't have to get all, I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist, although that would be an amazing job. That safety needs like health, personal security, emotional, financial security, those are all also privileges, which essentially because we don't all have access to health we don't all have access to emotional security some people haven't been loved ever some have, will never feel love which is really unfortunate and financial security not many people can say that so in order to get in order for you to sort of move on through the pyramid you need to have those things to go into right. love and social needs it's so crazy and it's funny that this came up in my mind when you said that because i was reading or am almost finished the untethered soul and oh. what the untethered soul does, it talks about living in a state of choosing your happiness, right? So everything that happens to us is an event and we ourselves are not the issue. So if someone cuts you off, you're getting, you're reacting to an event rather than choosing to just be like, ah, oh, they cut me off and move on. We are choosing psychologically to be angry at someone we have no control of which again allows us to have the event dictator life and what is said on that pyramid and how why i'm saying these two correlate is because the the top of that pyramid is transcendence that's meaning that you are transcending past you have now found a spiritual foundation in which you live in happiness it's a very interesting question in this book, uh, the final chapter is called death. And the question was, do you, you have a week to live? What do you do differently? Someone tells you you have a week to live. What do you do differently? And you think about it, right? As you're listening, reading the book, you think about, God, what would I do differently? And then the next question is, why aren't you already doing that? Like death is a motivator. Right. So death will motivate you to achieve something, to do something. But you should be living as if tomorrow, like you could take one breath in and no breath out. Like legitimately, we don't know when we're going to die. And death is a catalyst to helping us be happy because those that have transcended and lived amongst this period and persevered past this pyramid that we're talking about, they can be on their deathbed with no regrets. They will be, they will say that they have lived their life to their fullest, the way they wanted to live it. And most of us don't. So like we choose in our life, when something happens to us, we immediately decide how we're going to react. If you're going to be in prison, this Mm -hmm. unfortunate guy, if you're going to be in a cell for 22 years, knowing that you're going to be in that cell for 22 years, you're choosing to be miserable when you can actually just choose to be happy. Like, why do we end up, I guess it's figuring out, like we have been taught that our events are supposed to dictate how we navigate. So I kind of got off the pyramid, but it, it no, led a conversation, but there's a lot of, we packed in some key phrases that started triggering this conversation, sort of how we do this on our voice memos, where we'll just start talking about one thing and then it shifts to something else. But yeah. I think- based on that pyramid and talking about freedom that we are not, we are not, if you look at that pyramid, we are not a free country because not all of us have access to the, the basic, the safety, not all of us even have that. And some of us don't even have the psychological needs fulfilled. So how can you sit anywhere and say, we are a free country. I'm proud to be an American because we are free.
0: That's interesting. It's funny you say that because I was, Something you said made me think about how, uh, or when you said, like, if you knew you were, if you knew the date of your death, what would, how would you live differently? Yeah, like, what, what, what would you do differently? And I think very few people among us would go to work. <laughs> One thousand <000%. laughs> percent. Right, right. You're like, I'm not going to sit behind that desk. You know, counting some beans. you know, about supervisor, so they could do a report. You know, none of that stuff (laughs) would matter.
1: Nothing that matters and we get stressed about it. But you could shift the question to be, what would you say to people that you love if you only had a week left?
0: Uh, That's really good too. And you know, um, I saw this thread once on some social media site and I contributed to it. And it was um, about uh, healthcare workers hospice workers, assisted living workers, so not necessarily hospital nurses, but people who are around um, typically seniors during their last days and last hours, and the things that they say uh, as sort of a confessional, because they know they're about to pass, and you know, there's a lot of things. People admit to murders and affairs and you know, other children and cheating and, you know, thieving and stealing They, they just admit to these things. And um, some will also say some of what you're talking about. I wish I would have stopped working sooner. I wish I would have spent more time with, you know, this family member or that person or something like that. And, you know, it's a very common thing where people know no one wishes they would have worked more. No. No, no one wishes that. In our society, I mean, we. You're, I mean, you, you, you nailed it. That in capitalism, you do have to work, like because yeah. it, it's not free. Like nothing, nothing is free. You have, you know, for your shelter, for your 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 base of your Maslow's hierarchy, you need shelter, water, you know, a toilet, a shower, you know, safety. You need those basic things, and in this country, um, those things cost money.
1: Yeah. And not everybody right. even has it. Right. So, right. Ah, man. right. We're
0: not, <laughs> we're, not we're not inheriting money. Most of us, and we're not winning lottos. We got, we got to work. And I, and I tell you and that, that messes with your mind. Cause look, we've had this conversation cause I i have not worked in a corporate job for two years now. Damn. And, but I started working full time in, in corporate America as we call it when I was 17 and I worked 41 consecutive years. And you know, I I just started thinking, you know, you could like those actuaries, you could do the math. Okay, wait a minute. If if I, if I could somehow live to eighty five, right, that'll give me at the time that I, I, you know, two years ago I was you know, fifty seven or something. You know, that gave me twenty seven years. That I already done forty one. You know, working full time, and look, my mother only lived thirty nine total years.
1: So <sighs>
0: And, and, my, and you know, my brother had passed. I started thinking, you know what? I, I don't want to be those men. One of those men. This is very specific to men. To work, you know, until you're 62, 65, you know, 70. And then a few years later, you drop dead.
1: Yeah, then you can't enjoy
0: all that all that money that you saved. Yes. Yes. Right. Like why are you, you know, putting in 401ks and IRAs and you know, CDs and you know, all the you know, you'd be saving for retirement, saving for retirement, saving for retirement. Or you know, like social security, you know, like you get that social security at 62. But they even they they even they warn you, they're like, look, you could get it at 62 and get this much money. But if you wait until you're 65, my little friend, we give you a little more. And hey, if you wait a little bit longer to your seven, you get a little bit more. And I'm like, you know what? Give me my money. Give me my money. <laughs> One second after I'm eligible, <laughs> give it to me.
1: <laughs> that is, it's crazy to think about it, right? Because we we do have to work. And I I was thinking to I've been practicing this whole thought of like, you can choose how you react to an event and you react to it, you move through it, and you release it. A lot of us don't release it, we hold on to it. It's pretty interesting. This book has given me some aha, eye opening um, moments. And I will say that I, I, I tied it in. We always talk about what we watch, but tying this into what you said about hey, listen, my mom only lived to 39, I'm not going to like retire at 70 and maybe die at 85. I was, my sister got me hooked on this or she recommended on Netflix called The Blue Zones. I don't know if you've seen it or heard about it, but this uh, this gentleman who is a documentarian, has done research. He looked at five places in the world that have, Um, the most centurions. So those that have lived a hundred or more years.
0: Oh, I I haven't watched it, but it's on on my thumb. I saw that thumbnail on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: really good. So there's five different places, Okinawa, Japan. There's a place in uh, Loma Linda, which is the only place in the United States that has these centurions. And um, Costa Rica, Italy, uh, and Greece. And what was found, I think the commonality between all of them was the the sort of community of people. And they didn't work to like survive, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't work because um, I mean, of course, they had to put food on their table, but it wasn't because they were trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? It was enough. They didn't work long days, and they did a lot of manual labor, which have kept them young. But the community piece of it, I think, had a lot of similarities between all five of those places and how <clears throat> surrounding yourself with like-minded people, they they walked everywhere. You know, the United States, as most countries, have removed the they have taken away land to build freeways and roads and more cars, right? So you you'll see some of through that document uh, that documentary. They'll talk about how the increase of cars and of course people in a sitting position at work, in a sitting position in the car, and then in a sitting position on the couch when they get home. And these other countries, that wasn't the case. Everything was you know gardening to making their own food, growing their own food walking everywhere and having a community so it's it's kind of interesting that you have this you have these set of eyes and i'm looking at these people in other countries that remotely don't think and talk about well you know what was on tv or oh my gosh did you see my new you know brand new car that i got or look at my house or look at me over here it had nothing to do with that and to me that living that life almost seems like the perfect way to do it right this the basics they they provided their not only did they have their like psychological needs met they had their safety needs met they had they had their their love and social needs because of community they had their esteem like their confidence was really great they're young and vivacious and and just nothing held them back like their age didn't help hold them back and excuse me and none of those countries they could in those blue zones would could they find dementia so they also have like their cognitive needs you know when you talk about the pyramid so you think about how we are set up in a society that makes it keeps you sick right feed yeah. feed this crappy food genetically modified whatever antibiotics whatever is put in and injected into things let's keep people sick so that we can then try to heal them with our pharma you know, our medications, while these other countries all used herbs and stuff in their garden to heal their sickness.
0: You know, it's sort of like a take on that. It takes a child, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. And, and you know, it it might seem sort of like altruistic or something, but it seemed like, shouldn't it be, um, shouldn't we all want each other to live as long as possible? We only get this one life, right?
1: And we don't know right. learn it's
0: going to be taken away. Right. You know, and I mean, I, I'm going to watch that series because I, I I love that description that you gave. Like if people just, you know, they don't, you know, work just to go home and then, you know, do nothing or something or, you know, sit down or something. You're just, you're just an active community, you know, helping each other and having support and safety and security and food and, uh, you know, resources and stuff. And it just seems like, that should be just a really basic goal like it should be a really basic goal like you want this other uh, person because you don't know you know because humans cannot live we here's what we know humans cannot live forever yeah. and and even with the what you know our, our most healthy our our best foods, some medicine or what you know what have you safety security, you know you can get you know like those communities you're talking about you know 90, 100, but even that you're going to have people who are born with um, genetic defects, yes. you know, what yes. it's or whatever it is that, you know, you're going to be in the seventies, eighties or something like that. But, it, but since we know that, like, we know that on a global scale, just 8 billion people on the planet, you know, we know that that each person maximum is going to live, you know, to a certain number, like the actuaries, like they'll tell you, X number of people, X percent of people live to this age, this age, this age, like that. And it just seems like, you know, in some future world that's not this present world we live in, it would be the goal of the world to get everybody to that maximum age that they could get to. (laughs) You would think,
1: right? But you would have to live in a country that supports that and wants that, right? That their citizens are their first priority. And that, to me... Does not make us a free country when we can't even give the bare necessities that we are talking about removing school lunches for children. Like
0: this is right. Oh my god. Yeah,
1: I don't know how you can sit back and say that. So you you can see you and I are both on social media, and the amount of people that are getting work visas, temporary visas to other countries, so that they could have access to food that is not killing us slowly. So yeah, I mean, I know we went on we went a little deep on some Some of that stuff i mean (laughs) holy shit i will say though this week i have been a freaking tv whore i mean i have been literally okay so i watched the bs high school have you seen that on hbo
0: oh no but i really want to see that i I saw a review of it and i can't wait to watch that story that's the con man guy right
1: that well he doesn't call himself a con man but yeah he created a fake he said he's a hybrid he created and he's interviewed he created a fake high school called boston sycamore i think it's called or something but it's called bs high school it's a fake high school and they played actually img or i am the that high school elite football place where you know a lot of scouts will go, big players come through there. And they played them on ESPN.
0: And that's amazing.
1: Just got annihilated. So he <laughs> I mean, as you watch it, it gets worse and worse. Like I cannot and Tara, so someone that we used to work with from Verizon Wireless, she reached out to me. She always says, I listen to your podcast, that's really fun. Have you checked out this BS High School? And I was like, hey, Ooh, God, okay. I'm not really into document, I'm not into documentaries a lot but i figured okay why not it's an hour and a half and boy did i get sucked into that and just the damage this guy did was unbelievable so definitely watch it you're going to get angry right. and you're gonna just realize that he's still a free man it is crazy
0: okay i can't wait okay so yeah we'll talk about it next week because i'll watch it this week
1: yeah and then uh i started okay so i talked to you about the blue zones i also started um godless remember i've been telling you that i've been wanting oh to- yeah Ooh, it is a limited series and i think i'm four episodes in and they're all kind of long maybe an hour and five minutes let me tell you it is so good i am enjoying it so it's pretty violent because you know it's set in 18 the 1800s um you know horses and indians and cowboys that kill people and um but wait, wait, know-
0: what, 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 where is it streaming
1: this is on Netflix. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's it's on Netflix. So really good. But then I, so I'm waiting. I want to watch the other documentary called um, The Bridge. Now that's from 2000, I think six, but it is actually based on a gentleman who set up a camera at the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco oh. because of the amount of people that jumped to commit suicide from it. And oh so- God. He films for a whole year and then he finds the victim's family and talks to them about the victim. Like, why do you think they did it? What were their issues? So, I think I'm going to watch that next. There's something fascinating to me um, in regards to hearing what the family has to say when Mm -hmm. somebody does that. Like, did they see it coming? Did they have any signs? Because we all know we've seen Anthony Bordeaux, whatever that guy's name is, Kate Spade um twitch uh um who was robin williams yes,
0: yes. You, see,
1: you see these funny faces and how they act and on the outside you don't see it but then you start talking to family and they're like yeah this is this is where this lies so i i it's more intriguing to me so that's gonna that is definitely on on my list to watch next but yeah i've i've, I've been on a little spree of listening and then i watched one i watched the movie called hypnotic with ben affleck
0: Oh, that's on my list. How was it?
1: You know what? I'm going to say I watched it because the actress in there was in the Netflix show called Queen of the South. And I really like her. So I saw the previews. But I have to say it was pretty cool. It was good. You know, an hour and 35 minutes or something. I'd recommend it. Don't come at me if you don't like it. But I enjoyed it. It kept me entertained the entire time. And I thought there was some really cool twists.
0: Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, wait. Wait. What's that one called?
1: That's called hypnotic.
0: Hypno- okay. Yeah. Okay. Hypnotic.
1: And not the blue drink that you can buy at the yeah, at the, at the liquor
0: <laughs> <legal> store. <laughs> okay. So I am. I I watched the movie. It's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. Oh. So it's on Prime, and it's called Bones and All. Oh. And it stars this actress lady. I can't think of her name, uh, but she's in Netflix series Lost in Space. So she's also starred in two of the escape room movies, but I can't recall her name. She's a good, she's a good actor. And it also stars that guy. I really can't stand him, but he seems to be the it guy right now, that Timothy Chameley guy.
1: Which one is that?
0: So it's called Bones and All. So Okay. let me tell you something about the premise of this movie um i think they're cannibals i don't i don't know how to say it they're cannibals oh
1: uh, okay
0: and but they're not i mean i would call them cannibals, cannibals but they're not called cannibals in the movie they're called something i don't even know what i don't even know what they're called in the movie and it's just it's a slow it's i think it's horror but i'm not sure it's horror sort of drama and they are just traveling the country, just like, I don't know, eating people or something. It's like the weirdest thing. And it was just made last year. Okay. And so it was, okay. right, it was one of those movies I had to, I, I watched, and I had to go to Netflix, and, or I had to go to the Google and say, what did this movie mean? Because... Oh, was, <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was like that. It's it, It's wild. It's so... It's not necessarily scary kind of horror, but they do eat people, so and it's pretty graphic. So there's that. Um, and there is on the Hallmark Channel. Oh God!
1: You're okay. <laughs> this is where. <laughs> this is where. This is hey Kelly and Mom, Mom and Kelly. Your so uh, topic.
0: <laughs> this is for. The people who love love out in the <laughs> audience, let's say. So, Hallmark, uh, for football season starting, Hallmark has what they call Fall into Love.
1: Oh, <laughs> God.
0: <laughs> Series of movies. So, as fall is starting and yeah, football season, so it's Fall into Love. So, there are uh, five really great, I'm doing air quotes with great movies and so i've watched one and we're gonna watch the rest so the movies are aloha heart
1: oh my god
0: (laughs) making waves (laughs) a safari romance never too late to celebrate and napa ever after
1: (laughs) oh my god oh my god Does does saying that out loud even bother you the least
0: (laughs) And you know what? And there's a couple more because the two, I've watched a couple that aren't on this list, but they are. so, So the one I watched, it was, you know, some, I don't know, I don't know, but a baseball player ended his season, maybe his career ended on a bad note. So he goes back home to a small town, like, right? There's always some small town. River Falls or some weird place like that. His name is Chase, and then the lady, she she inherited her uncle's diner that used to be the spot in the town, but it's sort of failing now. And the and the baseball player is her uh, high it was her ex, but he's her high school boyfriend, and her new partner is just the. He's a businessman, and he oh, works okay. too much. <laughs> and she also has a son, and but she's, she's a single mom because we don't know what happened to the dad. He either died or just ran out of town or something. And the little boy is about 10 or 12, maybe 12, and he's the worst player on his Little League baseball
1: team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: You can see where this all comes together.
1: Oh Lordy. Yeah, I could probably write the script and I yeah, I could write the script and give you an outline in ten minutes.
0: Oh my god. I I love these movies because the sets, the little town people, the you know, the big speech where everybody's watching them and it just it's all there and you know, there's just there's just love. It's just love and everything yeah. is just so pure and simple. So if you want some counter programming to football, uh the Hallmark channel has oh. fallen to love, like about 10 movies, and they're all about the same, but they're really good. They're really yeah. terrible, but they're really good. Okay.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> so Why that, don't have live TV. Okay.
0: <laughs> so those are my those are my 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 movie recommendations, Bone and All and the Hallmark Channel um series of movies and they're just yeah that's it so
1: um
0: I think we we hit our hour or so didn't we
1: damn we sure did and we have well I have my fantasy football with my all-female league that's tonight so I'll tell I'll share my uh my picks when I get them hopefully I get some of my picks I you know question for you if I'm first do you draft Listen, this is the stuff that I should already know because I've been in this league for, I don't know, it feels like 10 years. And, you know, every – there's every sports platform will say what you should pick based on your rank. So I'm always thinking uh, my first pick should – be like a quarterback but you know i've got shot i've got shot like i mean people will be like what the hell do you know anything you should know you should get a running back you should get the top player wide receiver what do you do with your first pick
0: okay so some of it's dependent upon how the league uh generates points okay um so if it's a um a lot of people say running back because you you could just stack up a lot of points but look i am not the running back guy and I am the quarterback. I I, I agree with you. Get a top rated quarterback, and then if you drill down, what I like to do is, and it's not any big secret, uh, get a good quarterback wide receiver combination. So a quarterback who leans on one receiver because you get, and if you could get that receiver, you get double the points. So that I mean, so so it doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the league it just has to be a quarterback who plays and will throw to one receiver consistently so I have found that those are those mid-range quarterbacks right so it's always great to get a um like a, a, a Patrick Mahomes right because that guy is going to blow he's always going to throw you know 300 yards he's gonna he may run for a touchdown himself but also he loves his wide receiver Travis Kelsey who happened he may be hurt right now but just as an example, but, you know, I hate that guy, Aaron Rodgers, publicly because he's a jerk and an anti-vax guy. However, he's new on the Jets, and he's going to depend on a receiver, but I don't know the Jets receivers. So, you know, Mahomes, him, um, even this Raiders quarterback, uh, Jimmy Garofalo, because he can't throw bombs, but he throws a lot of short passes to like two or three receivers. So I tend to go that way. But yeah. then, yeah, but then running backs are good. Running backs are hard because you, the NFL is just not designed for running backs anymore, pure running backs. So my deal was I want a running back who can also catch the ball. So that guy, McCaffrey, who's on the Niners, yeah. I mean, that guy, that guy is a point magnet because he catches and runs the ball and he's and they use him in goal line. So he scores. He tends to score a lot of cuts, touchdowns. Christian. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Yep. They traded him to the Niners. Yeah, he's for the Niners. They traded him to San Francisco late in the season from the Panthers. He had a great run with the Niners, and now he'll have a full season with them. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to generate a lot of points.
1: In my work, league, I picked up – I was seventh, I think. I was seventh pick. I picked up Kelsey as my first pick.
0: Oh, that's nice. That guy is a stud, man. He's a
1: stud. He's- and I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go out on the limb and go with a tight end first. I yeah, maybe not my shiny moment, but hey, I ended up with the B plus and some people had D's. So I feel like I've I did something right. I I shared yeah. my I shared my picks, but yeah, so I'll I'll go through some of those next week. And I also want to catch up on Ilian and and uh yeah. How her first week of school went, and then Leah, she went to college. Her first right. week at college, I want to know all those deets. So, yes, we'll try to go yeah. less. Uh, I, I don't want less to say- political. Which
0: yeah, we getting just some just some ra- So the randomness of of school, movies, TV. Oh, and I have some I have some Rotten Tomatoes that um, the place that that rates uh, re- reviews and rates movies and TV. I have some not some scoop, but I saw some dirt about them. Uh, So we can talk about that next week as well.
1: Okay, that sounds good. This is always fun. I think today's was really good, a little bit of enlightenment, a little education. And I enjoy, I know maybe sometimes our readers don't always enjoy the, the political view, but I actually like it. It just keeps me, you, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, you have a way of summarizing and putting into perspective political views that keep it very simple to follow.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's it's a good podcast. And we want our. if you're a listener, uh, please rate us, rate us a five, rate us the highest rating you can find, like the big ratings, write some words. If you have a chance, share our podcast, put us on auto download because we are approaching, I think we're in our seventies for podcasts and we're, we're trying to take over the podcast world by a hundred. So we're, we're getting closer and thanks for listening and sharing and, uh, and, um, being part of our journey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no one ever but yeah <laughs> sir you know what next week we i was thinking of journey because we have to talk about the golden bachelor
1: oh my god i just saw a trailer for that
0: oh i'm watching it i, I i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna hate watch every second of that and we're gonna talk about it <laughs> uh,
1: i might have to watch it just so that i don't feel out of i have not watched the bachelor since like 2000 so um, yeah, if, this is our, we're recording today our 72nd podcast and oh. I think don't we get, if we get to a hundred, don't we, um, what is that called? When you get to hundred episodes, you're, you're in syndication. So yes. yeah, syndication and, and finally start getting some, right. some people that want to start advertising. No, we're staying true to, we're staying true to our listeners and keeping this, yes. <laughs> keeping this commercial free. <laughs>
0: Right. We're not going to have a subscription only, you know, pay us $5 to listen (laughs) to us talk about garbage. (laughs) We're not going to be, we're not, oh, you know what? We're not going to be pretentious people. And we also next week need to talk about Bernie Man.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. The flooding that happened there. Yes. Yes. So So have a great evening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Peace out. Love this podcast. Be sure to like subscribe and leave a review visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media voice memos is a production of dear dean publishing all rights and trademarks reserved no portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent